0: all right how are you are you how are you getting on that's what I say that's what he says that's what i say um i don't believe it that's what he says um how are you doing are you good are you well he will and she will be loved do you know, I think for the 20th anniversary of songs about Jane, uh, I should do a lo- uh, listen through, uh, an actual listening party of Maroon 5 songs about Jane. Um, you know, just to give a bit of credit for my, my catchphrase. <laughs> um, Are you well? and She will be loved. Yeah. Um, Oh, whatever. How are you doing? You good? Are you, are you actually well? Are you unwell? Mm, did you get the COVID? Oh, you're embarrassed to tell people because you're walking around acting like you had a halo around your head like you were a one of those flat faced uh, medieval paintings of Christ with a fucking pancake behind your head. That's what you thought you were. The hubris on you. Well, guess what? It come, Chickens come I hope you're... Oh, well, okay, though. I hope no one's fucking dead around. But, you know, the hubris on some people, like Shane Daniel Byrne, calling me Tony... Hey, Tony Campbell, more like Tony Unwell, he said, at two of my gigs, to uh, a <laughs> mixed response, right? Um. But anyway, the iftas were on. Oh, the iftas were on. I tell you. Well, here... Um. Uh, my good friend Peter McGann was writing a couple of jokes for that and I said I was thinking I was watching it well I wasn't watching it I do not watch it I do not watch that shit but I was after after it was on I was thinking if I had have been watching it <laughs> and there had have been a joke I didn't like I could have said well if if that's what you call a joke I'm watching the iftas by the way if that's what you call a joke I'm turning the bloody television off I don't really have it out of the joke but the, if that's what you call is the best part of the joke and yeah um, so just if you're looking for me to write anything Although I was at this Ifta's um, luncheon, <laughs> I was at this talk about comedy. Uh, Kevin McGarren was on the panel, as he should be, um, talking about comedy. Look at this! I dropped three three comedians into the first two minutes of this podcast. Where's my ukulele? Where is it? Is it Louie? We all sure what he's the horn for? Can't find it. Doesn't matter. Just name dropping all of my all of my celebrity friends. I only have I only have famous famous friends. I tell you, you want to see the bloody. Um, you, you know, whatever, the, uh, gro- uh, wherever we'd be having drinks, we'd be like Studio 54. Is it 54? Whatever. Anyway, look, I only keep Famous Company, right? Please, guys, please. I don't know. People People come to me from school, you know, always to see in school, and, you know, they look like um, they look like one punch man. They just look like big round heads with eyes and a mouth, you know? Looks like snow. Everyone looks like snowmen to me. Everyone just blends into you know each other now. I don't. I only recognize famous people now. So, um, anyway, was at this ifta panel. Uh, if that's what you call a joke, I am leaving. Um, and uh, there were people there from RTE uh, talking about how proud they were of the year that they had in RTE, in RTE in terms of like representing the current state of comedy in Ireland. And um, I thought that I thought <laughs> I thought that was funny, you know. Um, Do you know what I said today? I was very early in the morning, this morning, and I (laughs) I went to the shop to get some milk. And I was chatting to Alan in the shop. And Alan was just saying, oh, mad weather we were having, you know? It was insane weather, you know? Like my son, we have his little baby monitor in. It was going red constantly, just the sound of the wind and the rain hitting the windows, right? So I kept thinking he was awake, but it was just the sound of the wind. But anyway, I didn't say that, because that's a normal sentence to say, right? He says fine weather we're having today, but Jesus, it was some weather yesterday. And I said, right, don't talk to me about it. It sounded like the clatters were trying to get in last night. <laughs> Is what I said. And he just said, ah, yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Like, But I was like, what the fuck, does that, what the fuck did I just say? It sounded, mad weather we're having. Yeah, it's a bit clear, cleared up today. Oh, don't talk to me. But, oh, yesterday it sounded like the clatters were trying to get in. To <laughs> my head. Like, it makes no sense. And if taken fa- I'm so glad, with the greatest respect, Alan just had the decency to give it a volley and fucking get out the fucking door. Do you know what I mean? Ah, sure fucking don't, you know. didn't Fucking on the chest and booted it away. No bother dwelling on that shite, whatever I just said. But I was thinking, what the. I think what I meant was the, se- the wind was clattering against the window, which is what I meant. But I was trying to be like, off, oh, fucking off, like the fucking, clap, like up to 90, off to the clapper, off to, off the clappers, whatever that term is. You know that? He was off like the, cla- she was off like the clappers. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Sounds bad. Sounds like you shouldn't say it, you know. But I said, yeah, don't talk to me, Al. It sounded like the clatters were trying to get in. <laughs> it sounded like the fucking clatters were trying to crawl into my window last night. Like there's some fucking, like they're critters, like they're the tommy the knockers. I'm just insane, and he has the decency to be like, "I'm not dwelling on that." This man's insane. Oh, don't talk to me. It sounded like those you know those aliens. The clatters it sounded like they were trying to sneak into my room last night. In the blue weather. <laughs> you know they hide in the you know they hide in the rain. <laughs> you know those aliens. They hide in the rain. So, um, that's why I love Irish conversation. You know, if that was an American to be like, "What did you say?" and I'd be like, "Ah, I made I made a mistake." You know, Irish people just have the decency just to be like, "Ah, look." Here's the ball, on the chest, booted away, there you are, sure, what else would you be doing on Monday, you know? sure, look, fucking, let me just hit the nuke button on this conversation, because I'm out, you know? So it's great, there's always an out, there's always an out, because you're never fully in, you know? Um. Anyway, let me tell you what, I am fully in. Love with the sponsor of this week's podcast, the Dubliner Irish Whiskey. Look, what could be possibly said with a DLD that hasn't been said already or other than, well, there's nothing because I've said it. But let me tell you the same thing again, which is that they're a great whiskey and I really enjoy it. My favorite drink at the moment has been getting their Dubliner um, smoke Stout. That's a collaboration with Rascals Brewing Company where they put the whiskey. This is what they do. It's like Mad Magazine in that place. They get the whiskey, they put it in different barrels, and they age it. They're not they're not pretentious. They like to imbue it with different tastes. They have a bit of fun. They're like playing potions. They're a bunch of kids playing witches and doctors <laughs> in, the back, in the back of a Nissan Micra just making potions, and they're tasty. And my favorite one at the moment is probably, well, it's the old-fashioned, but I've been really enjoying the smoke stout uh, mixed with a bit of sparkling water, a bit of lemon and lime, a lot of ice. Oh, my God. It's a tasty tipple. In fact, I might even, well, no, it's quarter past four right now. I won't because that might not be the most responsible thing to do. But if you would also like to drink it responsibly over a long period of time, I highly recommend you do that and grab yourself a bottle over on the DLD.com. Tell them Tony sent you. I don't know if you'll get it for that, but it's always nice to let them know. Anyway, let me, I'll tell you what we're doing on this pod after the intro, because this is the Tony Cantwell Shit Show. Tony Ah, lovely stuff. Lovely, lovely stuff there. So, um, so look, come here's me. Right, hang on. I'm turning off the screen so I don't edit this. I'm not editing this podcast again. This is fucking raw. Um, no, come here to me. Uh, what are we doing today? I'm calling this episode Oscar bait, right? And I'm going to be looking at uh, I'm making up some <laughs> I'm making up some films. I'm making up some films again, right? Every year I try and fail to see the Oscar best picture nominees, which has become more difficult since this 10, uh, and the fact that I have um, whatever, I don't have the time. Say something, come up with some fucking new Tony. What? You're die. Yeah, yeah, die. Someone said that under some Instagram thing. Oh, I'm Tony. I'm a dad. I was a frigid. (laughs) And just scathingly accurate um, impression of me. Although I've never heard anyone actually do an impression of me. And I don't think they can. I don't think they can. I think some people you just can't do, you know, like Christopher Walken. No one can do an impression of him. Um, But anyway, what are we doing today? Right. The Oscars I find very interesting because I never feel that they best reflect what are the lasting, you know, most impactful films especially in the last you know 20 years you know you look back and say i don't know what was a 1996 oscars right and um, this would have been for 95 films you got braveheart winning best picture which i fuck i mean obviously mel gibson's and Bart, um uh, torag but um torag who the fuck are you <laughs> whatever. Leave it, Gary. Right? Even though he's an abhorrent uh, racist and, you know, anti-Semite and, you know, just, yeah, whatever. Uh, I do love that film. And, um, and you know, he did a good job. <laughs> he did a good job as director. Um, what else do we have here? Apollo 13, that was a nom- That was a nominee. Babe was a nominee. Il Postino, Sense and Sensibility. But let's look at 1995's actual flicks, right? Species is up there, right? That's definitely more iconic. Uh, Under Siege 2. Congo. Bad Boys, Billy Madison, Ace Ventura When Nature Calls, Rats, Tommy Boy, you know, um, Waterworld. Uh, what else we got here? Sandra Bullock's The Net, Showgirls, Jumanji, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Moral Combat, right? Loads of flicks here. Desperado. These are all flicks that would, you know, Clueless, Seven, right? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just seeing these as, as they're popping up here. Judge Dredd. These are films that will probably last, you know, and you'd probably want to see again and again. Are people going back for Sense and Sensibility? Maybe, I doubt it, you know. Are they going back for Il Postino? I'm glad he had his time. I know he died just after that, Germán. Um, and and all that. Um, Dead Man Walking, that's another one there, Susan Sarandon. So it isn't always reflective, even if we look maybe what was 2015 Oscar winners. Sorry, I, I know some people hate when I do this, when I'm Typing as I'm as I'm looking at yeah, Eddie Redmayne in that. You're not going back and watching that fucking Stephen Hawking flick, no way. Birdman, how often are you watching Birdman? I would watch Grand Budapest Hotel. That will last. Selma, maybe. Whiplash, great flick. Right. Uh, the Theory of Everything. The Theory of Everything. Who's watching The Theory of Everything now? The Imitation Game. I don't know if people are rewatching that again. Um, boyhood. I'm glad it had a, ch- a thing. I enjoyed it. But I'm good. I'm, I love all that gimmicky, you know, shot over 10 years or 20 years kind of things. I'd actually been looking forward to it for a while. Foxcatcher. American Sniper. You know, all these flicks. Birdman. Will it last? But look at, let's say, 2014's actual flicks. Right? And which are the films that are actually going to last? Um, Interstellar. Where was that? Snub. Nightcrawler. Snub. Um... What else? The Hobbit Battle of the Five Armies. Maybe not. Um, Captain America, Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Inherent Vice, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. These are movies that are going to stick around. Um, Anyway, look, I've made my point, right? The fact of the matter is there are films that live on in the culture and then there are films that win Oscars. And these are usually things called Oscar bait, right? And these normally fit a specific genre. They might be historical. They might be war. They might be a drama. Very seldom comedies. Very seldom action-adventure. A lot of biopics, musicals. These are the things that win awards... But don't always best reflect the culture of the time. So what I'm looking to do here is make up some flicks, right? And I've decided to do it through looking at a best actor, best actress, best film, best supporting actor and actress, and best director, and even a thrown in best song. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to make up a film off the top of the dome, right? So how this works, right, is I've a random, I've a random list of actors that are all Oscar nominees because they tend to be voted, for, they tend to be nominated again. Uh, random Oscar nominated directors. And uh, genre of film. So I'm going to click. I have this all lined up here. I'm going to click a random uh, actor to win Best Supporting Actor, first of all. right? So so the winner of that is Matt Damon. Congratulations, Matt Damon. He has won Best Supporting Actor uh, in his movie that was directed by Todd Phillips and is a... Comedy, <laughs> comedy, right? The twisted mind of Todd Phillips, the twisted mind who brought you the Hangover Part Three. Um, okay, so Todd Phillips is a guy who believes you can't say that in these days, right? He believes cancel culture has gone too far. So I think he'd do a musical, a kind of a, a kind of a you know a kind of social commentary musical, right? Called Triggered, right? Todd Phillips is triggered, um, so Matt Damon's the sorry the supporting actor. So you'd probably need an actor for him to be ap- uh, acting alongside. Okay, Gerard Depardieu. Okay, Gerard Depardieu, which actually this could be maybe a kind of a, a real meta thing, right? Gerard Depardieu is a cancelled, recently cancelled world cinema star who, in an attempt to uh, kind of reclaim his name. Or to soften the blow of being cancelled, tries to pull a Spacey and come out as gay, <laughs> hoping that they let him keep House of Cards. That's not going to happen, bro. Spacey, bro. I'm happy for you, man. <laughs> but you've really picked a real bad time here um, to come out as gay. That everyone knew. Right. So, Jared Depardieu is a cancelled world cinema star who decides to come out as gay to soften the blow of being recently cancelled for groping women. Um oh. Anyway, he then hires an out-of-work kleptomaniac actor, uh, who's also gay, uh, played by Matt Damon, to be his publicly uh, public-facing gay partner. Gets a kind of uh, Katie Holmes kind of deal, right? Although, unbeknownst to Gerard Depardieu, he isn't gay either, but he is a kleptomaniac with a twitch. And, and this is a music, and <laughs> this is an oddball kind of comedy of errors musical directed by the twisted mind of Todd Phillips. And um, and the tagline is, to give everything, he had to steal everyone. <laughs> no, I don't know. There's no tagline. There's no tagline. All right? So that's Matt. Congratulations, Matt Damon, for your incredible performance of the twitching kleptomaniac homosexual actor in Todd Phillips's Triggered, alongside uh, Disgraced, World cinema star, uh, Gerard Depardieu. Okay, great. All right, next up, best supporting actress, right? We have Lupita Nyong'o <laughs> in a Robert Zemeckis, director of um, Back to the Future and Forrest Gump and Beowulf. Lupita Nyong'o in a Robert Zemeckis Western. <laughs> well, he already did a Western, Back to the Future 3, um, which is a real fucking dick move, isn't it? Being like, well, um, we all right, we want Back to the Future too, great. Um, I want to do another one as well. All right, great. Um, and I've always wanted to make a western, so it's a western. All right, bye. Uh, like it's not a bad film, but come on, Bob, you just sort of just done it, you know, just should have done your own western anyway. So Lupita Nyong'o is the supporting actor in a <laughs> Robert Zemeckis western. All right, what if it's not exactly a western, right? It's kind of like in the same way, A Bug's Life is a Western kind of retelling of, uh, of a, of a, uh, of like the you know, Seven Samurai, right? And the Magnificent Seven. All right. Jason Momoa, right? Bear with me for a second. Lepito's coming in a second. Jason Momoa stars in, right? This movie uh, and plays a cigar store Indian, Native American, right? I believe he's got some Pawnee blood in him. Right? So that's okay for him to do that, right? He plays a cigar. Because in Robert Zemeckis loves doing all mad shit like that, shit coming to life, like in Welcome to Marwin or, you know, Polar Express, all that shit, right? So the cigar store Indian is kind of telling the story of the frontiers of America, right? But it's kind of, it's actually the 20th century. Because the cigar store Indian is in an antique store. And so it's kind of like that movie that was like, so it's one of these kind of like sweeping. across a long period of time Forrest Gump kind of movies but it's also kind of like The Butler where Forrest Whitaker was the butler and there was loads of different people playing the president and he was kind of telling the story to White House through this one person well he's this one cigar store Indian who's seen it all and it's all about the kind of you know col- col- colonialization of America told through antiques in the store people who've come and gone and it's kind of an anthology of various stories that have happened in this antique store across um across the uh the, the, the last 80 years, right? It's been there for so long. And then it gets shut down. gets closed by like a fucking, I don't know, like a Starbucks or I don't know, some like WeWork office, right? And um, Lupita Nyong'o plays a sexy, kind of lucite, clear jaguar. You know, that kind of uh, the plastic. Remember Joey and friends, he moved into the place and everything was made of plastic and it's all kitschy and stuff like that? So she's like a sexy jaguar table, right? Who has who tells the story of a load of lads in the kind of heyday of the seventies and eighties doing a load of gack off her back, <laughs> right? So that's what's well, her story, and all the antiques. It's kind of no, It's not actually Western at all. <laughs> it's not. Well, one of the stories is kind of like a Seven Samurai kind of magnificent Seven kind of story, right? So that's why that's okay, right? <laughs> is this any good? Right. All right. So that's that's that one, right? Oh, and yeah, that's called Up in Smoke, right? So congratulations to Lapita Nyongo for playing in the first ever Mo capped Oscar win. Um because she was phenomenal as one of those hyenas. Now she plays a sexy jaguar in this. That's made a loose sight, right? Next up, let's go to um Let's go to best film. All right. Let's go to best film. No, let's just do the actors. Let's do the actors, right? Um no, hang on. Let's do best song, right? Best song is I'll just do a director um Darren Aronofsky, oh my god. Fucking song from a Darren Aronofsky film. Darren Aronofsky as you know did uh did loads, did Requiem for a Dream, did uh the Noah's Ark movie. <laughs> um what's he done recently actually? Did uh, The Fountain, which I actually really like. That's that film that's kind of like um it's the one with Hugh Jackman and Rachel Weisz told through loads of different uh Black Swan, that was the big one, Mother as well, Black Swan was the big Oscar one, anyway, so Darren Aronofsky's film, um, and I'm just going to pick a random word actually, Haunt, alright, well this is going to have to be an improvised jazz rap, alright, boom, so this is the winner for Darren Aronofsky's film Haunt, right, boom, ka, boom, ba-boom, ka, boom, boom, ka I'm haunted, I flaunt it, I got a lot of style and I want it, I'm haunted, you're a hot boy, I'm a hot girl, now you're my toy, I want to break off a piece of that dick, why did I, now, hang on, now, forget that last line, <laughs> you're a scary ghost the one I love the most when I'm making a piece of toast I'm thinking about you ectoplasm orgasms I want to spread it like a spread it on bread spread it on bread I'm wet and I'm ah, fucking hell why? I cannot get my head out of the gutter when it comes to rap but that is the in- improvised jazz rap for Darren Aronofsky's film Haunted right? is this any good? right next up let's do best actress right? Um. alright Tilda Swinton in director Bong Joon Ho's uh, drama. All right, Tilda Swinton, this is based in the 80s, okay? Tilda Swinton plays a QVC teleshopping host who finds through some weird temporal gateway, right? It's a bit weird. Bong Joon Ho uh, does weird films as well, right? It's kind of like Okja, and it's kind of like weird, kind of heightened. Uh, social commentary, right? And she finds through some temporal gateway a box of unopened iPhone 13s, right? That are connected, that are somehow still been able to connect to the future, right? To 2022. Now, the whole thing is, and some people are like using the phones to like find out things that are going to happen, right? But they do do that as well. Actually, no, yeah, they do do that, right? But anyway, she goes on QVC and just sells them on QVC and she sells them to 200 people and these people essentially become gods overnight they know things before they happen they have unlimited access to information they can communicate things to each other before everyone else and they kind of form this illuminati right because of their heightened knowledge and then they try and you know become and they do eventually become as you know very powerful um and kind of become despots of their own kind of country right? Dictators. And, um, but Tilda Swinton is also the god, becomes like the god of, of all of them and is revered by all of them. And she's kind of just dictating what she wants to happen around the world. She becomes kind of like this Rothschild, this ultimate kind of, uh well, whatever. <laughs> she becomes a god. But, in the week that this happens, this happens very fast. This is the whole point, right? The phone's Heightened the technology so fast that in the week that these 200 people become despots and she becomes a god, the week after, they're all overcome with insomnia and anxiety and the world is ruined. And it is a chilling commentary about how different the 80s were (laughs) to now. Is that any good? Is there any part of that's good? That's not bad. These aren't bad off the top of the dome, right? And it's called... Because essentially these phones are being sold as the everything machine from Tilda Swinton on QVC, uh, the shopping channel. The film, that these are the everything machine. Because think about it. Think about just the technology and the power of having a phone. That actually might be a good podcast. What I would do in 1987 if I had a phone. Probably have a shite time because if you don't even have the phone. But that's actually not a good podcast idea. Anyway, the movie, because this is an everything machine, the movie is called The Theory of Of everything. So there you are, right? Okay, next up. Best actor. All right. Best actor is an actor. Let's get him. Paul Dano. Our own Riddler. Congratulations, Paul. In a Michael Mann film, which is also a biopic. Okay. All right. Okay. So Michael Mann already did a biopic with Ali couldn't quite get the oscar for um for for will smith can he do it for paul dano okay all right how about this right paul dano plays harambe the gorilla in michael mann's harambe in a transcendent performance in makeup right in an absolutely transcendent performance right and you might think that's an insane movie for michael mann to make he would never make that sort of film <laughs> you mad you mental? Well, what, what, uh, what's normal? Uh, barbecues and bananas, <laughs> you know. And Paul, but Paul Dano, right? In the scene that they show, right? Paul, Michael Mann, of course, director of Heat and Ali, as I said, um, and um, Last of the Actually, maybe it would be good. Um, anyway, Paul, so the scene they show to show, like you know, and you know, and Paul Dano for Harambe, you know, the scene they show is Harambe with his kind of like handler. Right. And this has kind of been changed a little bit. Rather than this be kinda of like he's shot on sight, it's he kind of flung the boy around, right, and it was shot with a dart, but he is about to be executed. And it kinda of gets to the scene of Harambe in the court and they're they're like Matthew McConaughey is all like Did you try and kill that boy? And Harambe's like, I was trying to protect them. I was trying to protect them. <gasps> you know? Goes right, and the movie is called Monkey See, Monkey Die. Right, so Paul Dano wins for uh, perform as Harambe in the Michael Mann biopic Monkey See, Monkey Die. Right, so there, that's that. It's that one, right? <laughs> I right, have two more. Is this any good? Thank you for bearing with me while I'm in the middle of my tour. <coughs> but is this any good? Right, all right, next one. Best film is Alright, let's get director. Christopher Nolan in a historical it seems a fit for him between Oppenheimer coming up, hilariously large cast, and um and what was the other one? The Dunkirk, right? Seems about right. In a historical starring Kate Winslet, she probably needs an actor to be alongside um, Jesse Plemons. All right, Kate Winslet plays Amelia Earhart, right? And and right, right, because they they always do. They always give the Oscar to someone who's done something mad, like lose a lot of weight or do something fucking extraordinary in the role, right? Kate Winslet. It's the story of Amelia Earhart, right? But Kate Winslet said all of her lines in reverse, right? She said every line backwards, like how you would say it backwards, right? Like instead of hello, she'd say like uh ole ole and then when you see it see it backwards like hello, you know. Uh ole you fucking cunt. Um, king, king, cough, king cough. <laughs> you know, fucking gun, that's what she'd be saying, uh, but she was doing all that backwards, right, took two years for her to shoot this, because she had to learn all the lines, and, and emote backwards, right, then she flies off, and it's her whole life story of Amelia Hart. and then she flies off to the Bermuda Triangle, or whatever, right, she doesn't go missing, then she goes through this weird temporal loop, gateway as well, right, and then her whole life then goes backwards like Benjamin Button. And everyone else is backwards. And she's finally saying it in the right way. Um, And Jesse Plemons plays this weird voice in the kind of sky as she goes through the thing, right? And it's called Ear Hard. Because she didn't hear it. <sighs> <laughs> is this any good? I should have done this with someone else so that they could pick this apart. Because he's in isolation. Maybe next year I'll get Pete on the pot and he can give me some of his uh, um, Oscar Bates. right? Is that the fourth comedian I mentioned now? Right. Um, last one, right? Last one. Last one. Best director. Best director. This was not a good idea. Best director goes to... No, this is great. <laughs> All right. Last one. <laughs> All right. Best director. David Fincher for his comedy... Starring Alina actor and a Jodie Foster. (laughs) Well, they already did Panic Room. That's mad. And Forrest Whitaker. Was he in Panic Room? He was in Panic Room, wasn't he? What are the odds? So David Fincher has won Best Director. Bringing back the cast of Panic Room. (laughs) The 20-year-old movie about... What if there was a panic room? Um, All right, how about this? Panic Room 2. Panic sorority house, right? Any way you want it, that's the way you need it. It's a prequel to Panic Room where the same characters, Jodie Foster's going to college and it's done with all that fucking de-aging, Forrest Whitaker as well. And it's like Monsters University, but it's Panic Room. (laughs) i'm so so sorry guys this has been some weak sauce but i really appreciate your very kind support in listening to this and um i'm in the middle of the tour at the moment and to be honest (laughs) i have i have very few ideas i'm so sorry guys (laughs) i'm so sorry this has been some weak sauce of an episode this is what you'd call a bit of a watery drippy curry um this episode um, so thank you for your patience while I'm in the middle of the tour and while I'm in the middle of doing other things I just don't have the bandwidth <laughs> for quality podcasting and a uh, quality show it would seem but I do really appreciate it and I tell you what if you would like to listen to maybe some <laughs> better podcasts over on the Patreon you can certainly do so over on patreon.com slash Tony Catwell, where uh, for the price of a pint a month I give you four free podcasts every single month and last week uh, I ranked finally I did a tournament of the hottest cereal mascots. You'd be very surprised to hear who came in first. Um, And look, if you would like to see me on tour, where most of my mind is going these days, you can. I believe there are still some tickets left for the 24th of March Vicker Street Show. That is next week. It's going to be very exciting next Thursday in Dublin, in Bicker Street. Next April, on the 22nd of April, I'm in Dundalk. Uh, in the Spirit Store on the 24th, I'm in Kilkenny at the Seth Theatre. On the 28th, I'm in Greystones at the Whale Theatre. And then on the 1st of May in Cork at the Everyman Theatre. And thank you very much for listening and supporting this show. Thank you very much to the sponsor of the Dublin or Irish Whiskey. I will be back on Friday on the Patreon. I'm back here on Tuesday with a far better podcast. I swear to God. next week. All the best. Bye-bye.